Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, so he goes, it would just be unfair if I left here today holding your hand because I want to leave here holding your heart. Yeah, you can do both. You have two hands, Chris. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Wow, what a finale. I feel like I was watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie. The twist just kept coming, and then there would be like a twist on the twist. I don't even know how to process what we saw over the last two nights, including all of the various news stories that have come up in Bachelor Nation over the past few days. This podcast might have to be like seven hours long. I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, we like to tell him on tape so that he can't complain. Um, You can't cut us off now. Great for our working relationship. So up top, we have some housekeeping uh, because so much happened this week. Let's just get some of the Bachelor Nation news out of the way quickly. First, Becca Martinez, uh, baby Becca from Ari season, is pregnant. Yeah. Speaking of an M. Night Shyamalan movie, she released the the news with a teaser video on Twitter that made that was like a hostage tape from a thriller. Oh my God, I I didn't see this This video. This is a trailer for some sort of movie project she's doing or something. It's the thing where she is in like an echoey room and she's like, there's like a lot of static, like artful static. And she's like, I did say no to Bachelor in Paradise. But what people don't realize is not only did I have a boyfriend, but I'm and then it like fuzzes out. Oh, wow. I need to go watch this But apparently she's really pregnant, so it was just a really artful baby reveal. Well, congratulations to her and to her boyfriend, Grayston. And, um, you know, I appreciate that she's come out and been super honest about the fact that this was not a planned pregnancy, that they talked it through, had a really, you know, conversation about how to move forward. And, yeah, these are the kind of conversations, regardless of, you know, how you feel if you ever experience an unplanned pregnancy, that we should not be afraid to have in the public sphere. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And she clearly loves kids and is excited for this next chapter. So best of luck to her. Um, some some darker news. Amanda Stanton was arrested while at a... Bachelorette party. Uh, yes, it was a co-ed bachelorette party. Uh, she and her... 
boyfriend. Boyfriend got into uh, some sort of altercation when the cops were called for a noise complaint or something like that. She says that she, in a statement to people, that she gave what she believed to be a playful shove to her boyfriend and the uh, police had to do their job after watching that shove and feeling that it was, you know, rose above the level of playful um, and arrested her. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that happened. We uh, we can't really weigh in on that because we weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened, but um, some crazy, crazy Bachelor Nation news. We also wanted to start this week uh, with a little apology to one of our favorite people on Bachelor in Paradise this season, Kevin. Um, I got a little carried away last week and made a disparaging comment about him that I regret. It wasn't even really sincere. I don't know why I said it. Just got carried away in the heat of the moment. And um, for anyone who felt like we were like shaming Kevin for his appearance my sincere apologies. Um, it really wasn't intended that way, and I regret it. And, you know, uh, we obviously appreciate any feedback we get from listeners. We always try to own our shit, apologize when we feel we've done something wrong, and we just ask that you, you know, allow us to grow and do better next time. Yeah. So on that note, let's get in to our – I don't know about you. I have 17 pages of notes. Yeah, I think I was at 12 or 13. Uh, again, Nick is sorry, laughing Nick. Nick in is despair. Just, yeah, Sarah's stone-faced. But <laughs> <laughs> She's taking it well. All right, so uh, night one, uh, basically we start to wrap up some of the relationships. Um, but first, we actually get a new arrival. John finds a date card, um, and it's for American Jordan. Um, Not to be confused with Kiwi Jordan. Grab a date and get camera ready. Um, He and Jenna are going to have an engagement photo shoot. There's a photographer with violently purple hair, which was very stylish, and I loved it. (laughs) Um, And Jenna basically has a meltdown at the thought of, of pretending to be engaged. I mean, it is a it is a weird gimmick, certainly intended to make people feel uncomfortable. Yes, and I it put me in mind of the the Sex in the City scene when Carrie goes to try on wedding dresses just for fun, and then she breaks out and is covered in hives. stress hives yeah. because her body is rejecting Aiden physically, and she should have just known that. And also the very idea. ugly dresses that she has on her body; those yeah. things are were terrible. Yeah, covering your entire body in synthetic <laughs> lace is a great way I to trigger hives. I probably would break out in some sort of allergic reaction <laughs> as well. But back to the point. I have to say whenever someone puts on a wedding dress for an engagement shoot, it it's something like this. It's never a wedding normal. dress that I could really envision someone. But like it's always Wearing. like in a reality show or like true, true. a movie or something. In real engagement shoots, I'm just saying, you traditionally do not wear a wedding gown. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I wore one in mine though and it was I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You. you did not. No. I've seen those no, engagement No, it's not normal because the whole point of the engagement shoot is what what if we had some pictures of us together where we weren't wearing our wedding right, clothes. Right, in normal clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also make those in wedding dresses. And those first, those first photos that they take are really darling. Mm-hmm. And, of course, anyone who's been reading the news, um, we know that there has been a lot of stuff going on with Jordan yes. and Jenna, which we will but address. we did but... not know that when this right. aired. So we're going to address that later in the show. But just yeah. know that we're aware. Um, 
Jordan, I love, is like, this is so great. We don't even have to make an effort. He's still making model faces. Like, I've never seen someone doing blue steel in their engagement photos before. He just can't stop. It's, I was like, you're supposed to be lim- looking soft and besotted, and Look, instead he you're, like, glaring at the camera. has his arsenal of model faces, Claire. You can't, they can't be tamed. <laughs> they, they show up. It doesn't matter. Is this, you know, a pool party? Is he dragging a dog into the beach? Is he taking engagement <laughs> photos? Like, he can't be contained. Blue steel works for every yeah. situation. Um, so they take their photos. He, like, carries her into the ocean. Um an unsurprising thing happens, which is that her voluminous dress becomes soaked and just, like, falls off of her. <laughs> they have to black bar her uh, her top. Oh. Black bar got a real workout this season. Seriously. Um, but then uh, some competition arrives in the form of Robbie. Here comes the Crypt Keeper. Robbie Hayes, everyone. Just why? That's, why does he still need? Why does he need to show up at all? I mean, he can't. He can't be showing up at this point. This part of the season is pretty much reserved for shitsters. Like you don't show up. But he didn't even stir up enough shit I to know. justify bringing him in. I mean, what do you think the sell was for him? Like this is your redemption arc. We're gonna send you in with one day to go. Well, I believe that often. I don't know that people are told exactly when they will go in, um, and no one there also was aware that they were about to stop filming. So right. he— Because it was a short season. Yeah. I believe they've stopped filming earlier than they normally do, maybe. I feel like I heard that. Which is why all the relationships are so stable, <laughs> well-developed. They always are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I would assume that the cell was not you will have 24 hours. Right. Um, but he might have taken it for those Insta followers. Who knows? You know, I did appreciate at least him just leaning into that douchebag persona. <laughs> just own it. It really is funny seeing him next to Jordan. They're like different models of the same line of Ken dolls. But Jordan is so much more, has so much more personality than Robbie. Oh, for sure. Uh, none of the girls seem really excited to see Robbie Not except a, they, for Shu. Oh, she double tap it. Does she just have terrible taste in men? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's very simple. Like, I'm like, you rejected, you rejected, like, Diggy. You rejected Jordan. Jordan. Like, what? Like, for Camille. Okay. Ugh. Um, Woof. Yeah. She likes the models, I guess. It's, like, just the opposite of the way that I date. I know. I'm like, do you look like a model? We should never go out. Yeah. I mean... She is beautiful, so she probably feels yes. like she's in that that league. And she is. She I is. don't know what her personality is like because all I've seen is her staring at Camille. Or melting down. Or melting down. So maybe she would be a good match for someone like Robbie. Um, however, Robbie, whose eyes, by the way, look completely dead inside. I don't know like <laughs> if it was always like that. or if I think it's it might gotten... have always been like that. Or he's been beaten down by this cruel, cruel yeah. world of insta-fame. I mean, the 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 workflow of being an influencer is mind-numbing and, and soul-crushing, and I feel for him. Um, but first he pulls, like, Crystal, he pulls Kendall, he pulls Cassandra. They're all like, yeah, I'm seeing someone. Please, no. Please, please do not Please do not look at me in the eyes. Um, there is a lot of discussion about how he apparently cheated on Amanda, which was, I think, the big drama last year's Bachelor in Paradise reunion show. Yes. Um, And so finally, uh, 
he pulls Jenna, and he seems to feel really good about this. But she says, no, it wouldn't be a good decision. He's like, well, it'd be fun. What's your problem? And she says, Jordan might pull your skin off. Um, <laughs> Didn't he say, like, pull your skin off and burn it or something? She said something very I mean, once it's off, explicit. like, I don't really care what happens to my skin. Like, you know what I mean? The The problem is when you're pulling it off. I just appreciated the level of imagination. I know. she She has a creative mind. And uh, and she does seem to like attention, which we saw. Oh, she said Jordan might peel your skin off and cook it. <laughs> I just like that extra step. And the skin you know, is, is often can, the best part of the dish. We can move on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jenna clearly likes attention. We saw this when she sort of enjoyed playing David and Jordan off each other and Benoit. She says she likes, you know, to have someone pursuing her. But she isn't willing at this point to make Jordan in- feel insecure. Uh, so she she gives him the brush off. Um, and yet Jordan decides to confront him for some reason. He loves to be aggro with men who he feels have, like, stepped into his, quote unquote, territory. And this is the least appealing part of Jordan's personality to yeah. me. Even more than when he dumped Annalise. What I what I hate no, this more is, is the way he acted yeah, with, with other dudes. Me too. I hate this more. Yeah. And I think that is why he has had generally a better showing on Paradise because there are more interactions with women and way fewer interactions with just groups of men. True. Yeah. That's a very – that's an astute assessment, Claire. Um, I'm right. always analyzing how people <laughs> interact with with different genders on this show because it does it can really change your edit like from show to show. If you're really uncomfortable around a ton of women, for example, then you might do better on Paradise when you can also be chilling with with guys, right? Or vice versa, or vice versa. And yeah, Jordan seems it, it's interesting because it's not that he's not traditionally masculine; it's that he puts on such an intense alpha male. Show, I feel like to overcompensate in some way of his like masculinity or like femininity is such a carefully crafted brand, and yet he sort of loses control of it. Like he's like, I'm the guy who drinks white wine with a bucket of chocolates and watches a chick flick. I'm so romantic, and also you cannot steal my girl, sir. How dare you? (laughs) I will come for you. I will skin you yeah. alive. I'm the big bad wolf. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Also, like, no one was even doing anything. Yeah. This dude had a conversation. But Jordan felt very strongly that Robbie came in to saw his face off and glue it to his own, uh, which was, I think he just came up with these lines and he wanted to burn them it's off a good, before the end a of good the line. season. Um, so everyone's, like, really excited for this Kendall model showdown and instead it fizzles because Robbie is like, whatever, I'm just going to ask out Shu, I guess. Um, he seems so unenthusiastic about asking Shu out. He's yeah. like, I guess that's my option. <laughs> I know. What every woman wants to hear. Yeah. I guess I'm left with you. <laughs> but Shu is, like, not trying to hear anything negative. She thinks he's very handsome. She's excited for this date. Um, and they have sort of an outdoor dinner under a tree that rains berries on them, which seems very romantic uh, and delicious. And honestly, they just have no chemistry. No, they just dance under the stars to give off the appearance of chemistry. Right. But, like, it's completely uncompelling in every way. 
Right. Even when they're talking, it seems like he's like looking like in between her eyes or like past her or something. Like he doesn't even want to notice that she's the one there. And she is, as we've seen, not the most sparkling conversationalist. That was kind of like the issue with Camille, I think, on the date. Which he is was totally open to being with her. And then he was like, I just couldn't do it. Right. Which is must be like a... I mean, it's just stunning considering how little conversation we've seen come from Camille. So, yeah, I just have a lot of questions. Yeah, we see these conversations where she's just like, so how was your season? And he's like, here's what happened with Amanda. And she's happy with someone else. And I'm happy that I'm like here. And she's like, "Mm." (laughs) gotta keep feeding guys questions or they don't know how to talk to you. That's how dating works. Um, I'm kidding. Men should also learn how to ask questions. Um, And so they are kind of a default couple at this point because she has no one else. And he has no one else. he has no one else. What every great romance is made of. Yeah, but Shu has imprinted on him. She loves his smell. Um, She wants to smell his perfume all the time. I, I mean, she could make that happen. I'm sure they sell it. If a it man at wears a enough stores. cologne that just being in his vicinity for a few hours means that your entire body smells like it, that's a real problem. I hear for she me. likes it. That's a problem in in my mind. She's a cologne girl. She's a cologne sewer. <laughs> she should link up with Jean Blanc. Just the guy for her. <laughs> um, also, someone who likes to overcommit really quickly. So, could be perfect. Um, yeah, she keeps going for guys who are clearly not in it for commitment, to be honest. And then is like, I'm obsessed with you immediately. Yeah, every person she's liked has is certainly not there for commitment. Yeah, uh, noticing a trend. So meanwhile, uh, Cassandra is trying to get Jordan from New Zealand to make a move on her. And uh, sort of is just like, will you make a move on me? And I kind of appreciated yeah, that. And he's like, okay. And they, they make out. Seems nice. I'm a big... Kiwi Jordan fan. Yeah, he's great. I actually kind of loved his exit, too, even though, um, as we'll see, it, it's a little rough. Meanwhile, Kendall and Joe are having a, a bit of a conflict. So it starts off just delightful. They're jumping on a giant daybed, which looked really fun. Clearly, they have a lot of fun together. Um, Joe says, like, he wants a commitment, and Kendall's petrified of commitment. Yeah. I mean— I felt for both of them in this conversation. Me too. Because I think they have both expressed that in the past they have not had long relationships because they freak out once it gets serious. We saw them talk about that on their like sort of post-babysitting date. And Joe also doesn't communicate very well in the sense that his facial expressions are often at odds with what he's trying to convey. It's so bizarre because... he just nervously smiles all the time. Right. And he even says later that he's essentially been downplaying how he's been feeling about things to make her feel comfortable, which means that he really has not been effectively communicating. Right. So Uh, he's lying there, this guy who seems great, and we love Joe, and Kendall seems to like Joe, but he's been like... This is working well, but, like, no rush. And then starts saying with this nervous grin on his face, maybe we'll get engaged. Maybe we're about to get engaged. And she's like, stop kidding around like that. 
But he never says, I'm not kidding. He says, you never know. You never Right. And he's still doing that little grinning thing. That if I were her, I would be like, I'm being fucked with right now. So I understand why Kendall is sort of like not sure what to take away from this. Yeah, I agree. Um, But to Joe, of course, it feels like he's being rejected a little bit. Right. It was sad for it was just sad to watch for both of them, because I don't think either of them in this whole thing have done anything that is like wrong. Right. It's just also these relationships, just the way that this place sets relationships up. There's so much pressure. It's so intense. There are so many choices that are presented in a way that would never you would never have to make those choices um, at that rate in the real world. Yeah. So it's it's tough. And it is at the same time more closely hewed to real life dating than, say, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is. You don't have that like clear structure that's indicating uh, what stage you're supposed to be at. Yeah. It's just like hang out in a beach for a while. And also, one day Chris Harrison's going to show up and be like, you better be ready to be engaged. Yeah. I mean, it is on, I, I, I really felt sad for how quickly people turned on Kendall. Um, because she wasn't fully on the same page with Joe at this point. Um, Because it is so realistic. Most happy couples, you know, had conversations like this at the beginning of their relationship or broke up for a little while or uh, fought a lot. Like, I fought all the time with my husband when we first started dating. Um, You're working things through. Yeah. And that, of course, can take a lot of different forms. Exactly. And some people don't need to work things through, are are just on the same page from day one, but that's pretty rare. Um, And Kendall and Joe are just having, like, a communication breakdown right now. So they part for the night. She just goes to bed, and he is left just, like, bereft. He feels really crushed. The next morning, we see him talking to Kevin, and Kevin's like, Joe is just in a tailspin. Yeah. It's it really goes south very fast in a lot of ways on this last day. And you or would so imagine that there is probably more dialogue than what we're seeing. I'm, I'm sure. sure these conversations were longer, but it was a real fast clip from a viewer's perspective. Yeah. Um, and so the next day, Chris Harrison, uh, oh, sorry, not the next day, Rose Ceremony Day, which I think is the next day. The, the yeah, timeline is confusing. The way this was edited was really weird. It suddenly just jumped right from Kevin and Joe chatting to, oh, it's the cocktail party. Right. So I, I think it was I think there later was... that night or was it – I think it was later that night because it was the next morning after the – who knows? But then why would they do that? They just didn't show any of that day except for – no, I do think it the, Because they talk morning, again after the rose ceremony. I think that morning though – with Joe and Kevin was Rose Ceremony Day because the genders were separated. Okay. Yeah. So I think that they um, they had a, that talk the night before the Rose Ceremony. We don't really see much of the day. And then we get uh, the, the last jockeying, basically. Um, but it's kind of toned down at this point. Only one guy is going home this week. Um, and it's really sort of confined to um, – I think Olivia. Olivia choosing between Diggy and John. Yeah. They both make their sort of plays for her. Diggy got her a trumpet player to come play for them by the Palapa because that's what happened Very during sweet. their date. John comes over and steals her mid-song because he stuck a bunch of sunflowers in the sand. 
It took me a while to figure out what was going on with this sunflower garden. And she's the sun, so the sunflowers turned towards her or something, but they weren't even turned towards her. He was turned towards her. She's like his sunflower. Right. Oh, okay. Now I get it. She's the brightest thing in paradise, like the sun, and he's like a beautiful flower. And this this was successful. Yeah. I, uh, I can't explain it. I don't. He's like, I think that Trump Diggy's trumpet player. And I'm like, really? Because if I'm Olivia, I'm like, now I get to awkwardly sit amongst. There was more making out. So I think, you know, is the combo. Very true. Uh, And then we cut to Shu being like, I definitely want to be Robbie's girlfriend, which seems wise. He is a solid 100% to get her rose out of 100. 100% out of 100 is way more than 100% out of 10. (laughs) Just that's math. (laughs) Um, But Olivia and Cassandra decide that they need to tell her about Robbie's past, even though she's been very pointedly avoiding hearing it for like a day and a half. And uh, Olivia and Cassandra tell her that he cheated on Amanda and they're like, you should ask him to tell you the truth about what happened. And suddenly she was like, I guess I should believe the rumors. Except not really, because she (laughs) talks to Robbie and he's like... There's no reason for you to be confused. The Amanda stuff's in the past. And she's just like, okay, yeah, totally. Right. I, yeah, she's definitely uh, <laughs> believe whoever talked to you last, which I think is why she was avoiding hearing the rumors because she was like, I won't be able to avoid believing them if I hear them. <laughs> but I don't want to even put myself in that position. Robbie gets in a little dig like, I don't even know who those two girls are. Yeah, a lot it's, of like, I don't know her on this season. I, it's such a weird thing. Like, do you? This is how this works. Yeah. No one knew who you were till you were more on television either. Yeah. I mean, this is really how it works is if you have a terrible breakup with someone who talks shit about you and it seems like you did something wrong on the show, then the next time you come on the show, people are going to warn each other about it. That's what happened with Josh Murray. Like, you're not exempt from this plot line. And every time they're like, I don't understand why someone's meddling. It's because it's how this works. <laughs> Right. Yes. And Robbie's thing was very public. There was a photograph. Yeah. Um, we got we got a little uh, replay clip. Of I that. know. I, I did like ap- totally forgotten. I appreciated <laughs> how awkward that confrontation was. It's like this is gold television gold. I'm glad they brought it back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Robbie is like, my intentions are genuine. I haven't even asked you about your rose. And I was like, yeah, there's no one else she's going to give it to. Right. So very noble. Um and meanwhile, they're really freaking out. Um, everyone is freaking out because of Kendall and Joe's situation. Um, it's making them, again, kind of shaking their faith in their relationships. He's like, she's so involved in her own feelings. She's ignoring my feelings. Um, Jordan is like, Kendall owes you an apology. Which... Uh, and Kevin is like, look, Joe packed his bag really thoroughly today. So, like, it seemed like he was, like, ready to have a breakup conversation. It feels like Joe had been having a whole dialogue in his head and then just reached a breaking point and was like, okay, well, if this is not going to be this thing, then I need to take myself out of it. Yeah. And Kendall pulls him away to talk. Um, Yeah, clearly they were separated all day because they've both been kind of going around in their heads about it. And she tells him 
that she felt like he was bringing up being exclusive, not because they wanted to, but because of this pressure from the show. And he says, well, I think that's just how you feel. Like, how do you feel? And she says, well, part of me loves him, but I don't know what kind of love. I don't know if it's in love. Um, and he's like, well, this was my biggest fear that, like, you didn't feel the same way. And she's like, well, I didn't know that. You've never expressed that to me. And, and he's suddenly, like, did you really not know? Right. It's interesting to me because this is the most expressive and articulate we've seen Joe the whole season. We really haven't seen him say all that much. He's extremely charming. Yeah. But in this, like, breakup conversation— I was like, oh, the the dude knows how to talk. This is like such a rom-com arc, what they have this finale week. It's the thing where he finally has a big dramatic outburst of his feelings and she's left sort of like shocked sorting it and through. sorting it through, not, not sure how to respond. I mean, it's true. We have seen him say stuff like, I'm falling in love with Kendall to the camera. Not to her, though. Yeah. Sort of allude to her a lot of, I really like you. Right. Um, and it's true that he has been really focused on her. However, I, I can understand Kendall being like, I don't want to read into things too much. Um, and now I'm just hearing things being openly expressed for the first time and I'm supposed to know how I feel, about how it. I feel about it. I mean, I really felt bad for both of them. So did I, cause I also understood Joe's frustration when she keeps saying we, and he wants her to say to say no. Just how do you feel? Because now I'm telling you, we're I don't feel that way. I'm not confused. Yeah. So don't bring me into this. I mean, I have to say though, she was saying stuff like, I didn't know if it was what we wanted. And she didn't know. True. And now he's telling her that it's what he wanted. But this is very new information. Right. Um, and there, I think there was definitely a little bit of projection, but also if he hasn't told her, then she's allowed to be in doubt about what they both want. Absolutely. And in the real world, you would have a lot of space to sort through these feelings and have these conversations and not be pushed to a place where you had to make big decisions so quickly. I mean, these are big conversations and we don't know if they haven't talked about their feelings, they likely haven't spoken about, you know, how would you make the distance work? Right. All of these questions that... When are we meeting family? Like right. all the <laughs> long distance or long-term things that people often Have to talk, sort through. Yeah. And they often talk about it while they're on Paradise. <laughs> but like, maybe they make a 12-month plan, but they did not. Um, and so at this point, he feels like she's making excuses for the fact that she just doesn't feel the same way about him and she doesn't want to like deal with that. She feels like he waited to tell her all this stuff, and now he's dumping it all at once. These are both fair perspectives. Yeah. And finally, she's like, well, the only reason that I stayed here was for you. And he says, well, I'm leaving. And, I mean, I have to say, I feel like he dumped her. Like, I feel like he dumped her. It felt like they reached an impasse, and he just pulled the trigger. Yeah. Like, he just was like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, so he made the decision. It didn't quite feel like a, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would be that he, he, he certainly was the one that made the ultimate decision. And he had every right to do that. Um, but I just, I feel like the narrative of like, she Kendall broke his heart. Dumped Joe. I mean, they were both hurt in this conversation. They were definitely That's the both truth. hurt. Um, like he was clearly hurt and he's 
more than welcome to break up with her if that's what he feels he needs to do. Um, so they take off. He gets in the car and is like, I guess we were just friends. And she's not the one. And she's devastated. Astrid, like, rushes over and gives Kendall a really big hug, which I always, I love to see that kind of support. Yeah. Um, and Kendall tells her, you know, I feel like I was hearing everything for the first time. I didn't know. How to process it. Yeah. Like, he's telling me that he didn't have doubts and all this stuff. And, like, I had no idea. Um, and she seems really heartbroken. Um, but everyone is on the beach also is really pissed at Kendall. <laughs> They're like, she fucked up. Which I found really frustrating. I know. That's the, the whole it's and I I really like Joe. I just it seems like a crystallization of how quickly people turn and hard people turn on women in the franchise for much smaller things when like Joe can do no wrong. Right. Like Joe's also a human being. These are two human beings. Yeah. Who probably are not as no one on this show is probably as good or as bad as we feel. Yeah. No, it just feels like a manifestation of, like, looking at the guy you have a crush on and being like, I would never do to him what his girlfriend is doing. And it's yes. like, well, yeah, if you were in a relationship with him, sometimes you would be difficult or you would, like, snap at him or whatever. That's how it works when you're actually in a relationship and he's not just a fantasy object. Right. And um, these are he just... is all of Bachelor Nation's fantasy object right now. Certainly is. And that's... That's a tough position to be in for both of them, honestly. Yeah, I really um, feel for Kendall. Yeah. Um, so they're, uh, the roses are handed out. Cassandra to Jordan, Shu to Robbie, Annalise to Camille, Astrid to Kevin, Crystal and, and Chris. They, I love they Full had to baby voice. subtitle her little speech to him because she is in such a sexy kitten whisper voice that <laughs> it's inaudible. It's so astounding how much her voice changes it's moment amazing. to moment. I love it. I'm really, I really am on board with Crystal. She's like scraping his chest with her fingernails. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Jenna gives rose to Jordan and Olivia to John, and that sends Diggy home with the trumpeter. Yeah, his his new uh, love interest. Um, that's what you get when you invite a performer to your, your rose ceremony. You have to share the limo with him when you leave. Um, the next morning, we see Kevin ordering an eight-egg omelet with bell pepper, chicken, and bacon. I listen. Sounded it sounds delicious. delicious. <laughs> um, and I'd like to say it sounds too big for me, but I could eat it. I could do that. I would not say no to it. <laughs> uh, and we know that if they're teeing us up with these normal happy interactions between Kevin and Astrid, something is likely about to go yeah, wrong. This is very like wrong. the beginning of the horror movie <laughs> when it's like you're just taking, you're watching your toddler tricycle along on the way to kindergarten and like sky, sky is sunny and like everything's fine. It's because aliens are about to arrive. Um, so Chris Harrison shows up and in a white linen suit. And sits everyone down in the rose palapa and says, this is the last day in paradise. Tonight are the fantasy suite dates. If you're not, like, committed and, like, falling in love or in love, you should break up today. And so we just get some real rapid fire, like, breakups or semi-breakups. Olivia um, and John decide to leave together and not go into the fantasy suite. Which seems like really a great decision. Maybe something some other decision. people should have considered. Um, 
it's interesting. He kept saying stuff like, I feel pressure to go into something like the fantasy suite. It has connotations. Of sex. Right. Is he like, is he just religious or I guess or, because he's been making out with so many women, I didn't expect him to have reservations. But He also could be referring to the fact that they've clearly been, it's clearly been drilled into all of these people. That the fantasy suite holds so much weight and that if you go in there, you're committing to this really intense public relationship. Right. Like there's going to be a lot more pressure on you. Um, and that's, I understand wanting to avoid that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, avoid speculation of the public on what you did or didn't do in that fantasy suite. All I ever do is think about specifically what happened in fantasy <laughs> suites. What positions, what, you know. Okay. So there's a lot of fanfic out there. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope not. Um, I'm just so kidding. Uh, Cassandra uh, thinks that they need to leave Paradise before the fantasy suites, but she does want to keep getting to know Kiwi Jordan. Jordan's like, no. Yeah, he's like, no, we gave it a shot. Uh, we're done. And she's like, well, don't you think with more time, like maybe it could be different? And he's like, no, I don't think so. Um, and I appreciated how yeah. like blunt he was. Like they didn't have I mean, much of a— it wasn't cruel. He said it right. in a tone that did not—it felt like it had compassion. He was like, I feel like— it wasn't this, gratuitous. No, he's like, I feel like that this just would have played out with the same result had we had more time, but like we've had a great time together. And she didn't seem so broken up about it. They yeah. hugged. They seemed amicable. Just a little annoyed. Yeah. She's given a lot of great annoyed faces this season, and this was the grand finale of that. She does. She has great facial expressions. I love them. So, yeah, so they break up and head out. Uh, Robbie tells Shu, you know, it's only been 48 hours but maybe, like, I can come to Utah and, like, take you on a date. And she's like, yay. I'm I don't think that's going to happen. I'm Robbie is never going to go to Utah we, and take her on a date. And we never find out because they didn't get even a moment of time on the after show. Was Robbie there? I don't know. Was Shu there? The after Shu show was there. She was there. The after show, wow, just breezed through. There were so many people. I mean, we'll get to this, but yeah. after the fact that I realized, like, had not said one word. There was just too much to cover. <laughs> Um, Annalise, meanwhile, is not ready to break up. She can't Shocker. imagine her life without Camille. She's oh, giddy God. for a fantasy suite. It'll mean marriage. It'll mean babies. That's not what a fantasy suite <laughs> means. I'm just going to say. Well, depends on how it goes. Camille, uh, meanwhile, is like, I don't know. She's cool. But, like, I don't know about, like, all this commitment So he stuff. says all of this stuff to the camera, but every time he talks to her, he makes these intense, flowery speeches. So I can't even fault her right. for feeling like this relationship is really serious. Right. We're, like, keyed up by him being like, I don't know. She's great, but, like, I'm freaking out. I don't know if this is so such a good idea. She sits down and is like, I'm so happy to be your girlfriend. We should go have fun. Like, I'm really excited. And I was like, oh, no, based on what we just saw, he's going to let her down. Easy. And then he's like, Annalise. I knew we'd hit it off immediately. I've been looking for a woman like you in my life. Let's go to the fantasy suite. What? It. I mean, he he also says everything in such intense monotone. Yeah, it's. Very... I do feel like he doesn't have to try very hard to sell how interested he is because he's so beautiful that what he can just say, "I'm interested," and women are like, "Okay, going with it." You're like, you have those eyes. So. He's been living in that model bubble where less is expected of him in that regard. Um, but she thinks that she's living proof that you can find love in paradise. Um, Chris and Crystal are going to fantasy suites. Jordan and Jen are going to fantasy suites. 
No uh, surprises there. Yeah. Kevin and Astrid oh. uh, seem like a lock. They have been the steadiest so, couple. They are lovely together. Crystal thinks Kevin is going to surprise Astrid by su- proposing. And no. Astrid does think she would say yes if that happened. But I don't think Astrid thought he would propose. No, well, that's I, why Crystal yeah. thought it would be a surprise. Yeah. Like, Astrid didn't think he was going to su- propose, but she is ready to say yes if, I also, if that happened. Just seeing clearly Kevin is still grappling with what it's been like to be in two failed public relationships understandably, he's cautious. Right. So they sit down, and he looks haunted. He he looks like a broken man. Poor Kevin. Um, He starts saying, you know, I feel like we're miles ahead of everyone upstairs. You know, you're, like, so so wonderful and perfect. And Also, Astrid was wearing an amazing bathing suit, which was neither here nor there, but I wanted to know where it was from. A couple really good pinks and white striped yeah it was really cute i and it was nice and high-waisted i was like where can i get this flattering i never knew i needed a pink and white stripe and usually the the bathing suits they wear are just way too i'm like the body i have cannot it just won't work (laughs) but this one i was like maybe yeah no i think you could rock it i'll ask astrid i look forward to seeing it on your instagram um so he says despite all these good things uh the potential of fantasy suites and picking out a ring is scary to him. And he keeps bringing up the fantasy suite with Ashley. I think, you know, the the relationship on Bachelorette Canada didn't work out. But I think with Ashley, because of how things played out and how quickly that relationship formed on Winter Games, he feels more regret about having done the fantasy suite with her instead of maybe leaving the show and dating outside of it. Or something like that. Right. And especially because there is such an intense public narrative um, around Ashley's sex life. It it just put yeah. a lot on both of them that was kind of crappy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Astrid doesn't even know what to say. Um, so he keeps talking. He's like, there are things about us that are the best I've ever had. There are also things that I've masked, which sounds scary. He's not really articulating right. what his concerns are. He's just saying, I have them. And then eventually— And I haven't told you about them, and I can't tell right. you about them now. And he says, personality-wise, we're perfect, but lifestyle, he's now doubting. It's unclear no, what exactly he, keeps, like, he means by lifestyle. he listing things that lifestyle. are perfect, and then he's like, but there's something missing. It's right. not he's, this. It's not that. It's not that. It's something. And he's like— it's He's a, at 80 percent, not 100. Which— and he says, there are some things that aren't sitting right with me, which to me, I hear that as a, a girlfriend, I'm thinking, that sounds like something I've fucked up. Like, if I tell someone something isn't sitting right with me, what I mean is you did something that's bothering me. Or just, I'm not that into you, which but flies even, in the face of what he's saying. I feel like saying. the implications of the phrase not sitting right with me are sort of accusatory. Like, it's that's, like a way of framing something they did wrong as being about your feelings, but I've never heard it used in like a non-accusatory way. And I don't. I don't think he meant it in an accusatory way. I don't either. Way. That's why it was such a weird phrase. I think he to was use. just kind of bumbling and unable to articulate how he was feeling in in that moment. Yeah, um, he's been toiling with it clearly, but hasn't really come to an articulation even to himself of what's wrong. So finally, Astrid asks if he's breaking up with her, and he says, "I'm sorry." Um. She's just completely shocked, and she's like, the one thing I asked was that you not blindside me. Um, 
And she says, I can't give you any more than I've already given. I've already given you 100%. So she gets up to leave, and he calls, don't leave me like this. He's just weeping. Ah, God, this was so emotional. They're both sobbing. Um, And they both leave paradise. And I was I was really taken aback. I was not expecting. This was really heartbreaking to me. I yeah. these two seem like the most mature. They're probably the two people on on the cast that I connected to the most. Um, and so, and watching we've seen them, them go talk through their feelings, right? So. They're good communicators, which is yeah. what makes them so compelling to watch. Um, and so this just felt really, really, really sad. And you can see Kevin has such a high level of awareness of the way these things play out. That he, you know, we see him say, she's going to hate me. She's going to be embarrassed. Yeah. And you can tell he's thinking through all of the different, you know, consequences of this and and how this will affect her when it's played out. And it's just, it's really sad. It's really sad to watch. Yeah. Um, And then we get into the final three couples fantasy suite dates. And basically they all just go to hotels and get all gussied up and drink champagne and, um, and there's a Polish kielbasa involved. Yeah, only for Camille and Anna. Well, it's topical. So that they can make a lot of jokes Thick, about his hot sausage jokes. Kielbasa. <laughs> um, and uh, they all just talk about like how excited they are basically to like have found each other and commit. Um, Jordan tells Jenna, you know. I'm only going to get engaged once, so if that happens tomorrow, I'm always going to be by your side. I'm going to be so loyal. And she says, I feel like God sent you to me. Like, I prayed for someone like you. It's very intense. Um, yeah. So there's also a narrative. Did you notice that that more than one of the men really leaned into this idea that, like, the woman changed him? Yeah. I guess it was both well, Jordan and Chris. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. This often does happen, I feel like, on Paradise, that a good chunk of the couples left at the end are composed of villains from their season. Like, this is their redemption opportunity. They came in with no goodwill to burn. They locked into a relationship and, like, are becoming America's sweetheart again. And I feel like Jordan didn't need it quite as much as Chris, who really needed to be like, I'm not the guy that I was anymore and what's changed, I guess it's Crystal. Like, you know, like it it has to be – because for me, too, watching it, I'm like, what has really changed? And then I'm like, well, maybe Crystal, like, knocks some sense into him, you know? I mean, I – so he keeps referencing this conversation that they had where she came to him and was like, you are fucking up. You're going to leave. And did yeah. we see that conversation? I don't think so. I would have loved to see that conversation. It sounds transformative. Yeah. Apparently she came to him and was like, you're going to lose me. You're going to leave here with no friends unless you, like, own your shit and, like, What make a great amends. side of Crystal. I'm I'm <laughs> astonished. And I really do feel like both uh, Crystal and Chris and also Jordan, for that matter, really benefit from being in a setting where they're not doing much competing and yes. where they can take that passion and that attachment and just direct it at one person. It's so much more palatable. The Lord intended we do <laughs> uh, when he made us all monogamous by nature. Um, and I feel actually like a little optimistic about Chris and Crystal. I'm know. very into them, which is surprising. Um, yeah. But I'm, I think that they have a really, really nice dynamic. They're also both, you know, old old enough that I believe that they know themselves and yeah. what they want. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think they're a great match. And I'm, I'm just, I loved watching them walk their stuffed dogs along the beach, as we see in the credits. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with a lot more on all of night two and the some happy, some less than happy couples. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. 
And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. So last day in paradise, night two. 
Uh, we see everyone waking up from their overnight dates. By the way, we got kind of gratuitously explicit shots of them hooking up the night before. Oh, my gosh. There were just, like, neck kissing and, like— there were like poses, like with their clothes on, but like so intense. I was like, "What is, are you like art directing their hookup?" Yes, like, it was an intense montage. Yeah, we see Crystal like teasing Chris with a feather on his chest. I was like, "What on? I don't want to see this," and I'm sure they don't want me to see it. So like, let's just not. Um, it felt very produced. Yeah, uh, and then the morning afters, of course, Annalise and Camille. Uh, wake up in bed together. It always feels like they sort of go in order of the confidence they have in these couples. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so they basically we get a little bit of their morning after and then we cut right to the couple's proposal scene. Um, It was very abrupt. Sorry, spoiler. uh, There are not all proposal scenes, but this The rose whatever scene. The rose scene. Yeah. Um, And so Annalise shows up in this flowing hot pink dress and is like, I can't wait to finally tell Camille everything I've been feeling. Has she not been expressing I, it before? I have watched her personally pour <laughs> her heart out to him for what feels like hours, but it wasn't enough. And so she she comes to him on the beach and she's like, I fell in love with your soul. I know you're the one for me and I'm the one for you. She tells him I love you in Polish. And he's like... Annalise, from the first date, I knew you were a special woman. I was so nervous. My heart was racing, and I knew you would have a big place in my heart. And I realized I was falling in love with you, and I couldn't live without you. I don't believe him. I do not believe him at all. Uh, And he says fairly Mm -hmm. that, you know, he knows she's ready for engagement, but he's not right now. He wants them to move at a pace that feels, you know, healthy for them long term. And she says, I totally agree. She does not agree. Just jumping in to say I totally agree here and I never (laughs) wanted anything else. Um, But it it does seem like a completely reasonable thing to be like, hey, we just met each other. Let's try to date in the real world before we commit to a public engagement. If he didn't just like ooze disinterest or um, uninterest Right, I would be actually into this. Right. Um, and she's like, I'm not worried. I know he wants to marry me. Like, it might be a couple weeks. It might oh, be a couple God. months. Yeah, I'm sure it's definitely going to be a couple weeks. Like, he didn't propose to you on Paradise that he could wait a couple weeks. Well, she might be thinking that For, it would happen at the after reunion show. show. Yeah. yeah. Um, then and, we get Jenna and Jordan. Um, Jordan says Jenna changed his life. He's not the same guy he was. He knows she wants to be engaged here, and so he wants to give her that, which is funny to me because she is the one who has been freaking out at the very thought of marriage for the past episode. They must have had some sort of conversation about it. Yeah, clearly she told him that. But um, I want to just note at this point that by the time we watched Jenna and Jordan's proposal, we had seen this news. Um, And if you haven't... uh, if you haven't read this somehow, um, Reality Steve uh, yesterday before the show posted some texts that Jenna had allegedly sent another man that she had been dating since before going on Paradise. Um, the text, you know, said that the relationship with Jordan was just for show, for her business, to make money, that she not only didn't love him, she didn't like him. And that she was too good for him. And I think the worst thing of all was that she would at some point end the relationship with Jordan and make it seem like he had done something bad. Like that that she was going to smear him. 
roughest part yeah. of that um, text. And, you know, look, of course, we did not report these out independently, so we cannot speak for where they came from, for how, you know, trustworthy the source is. Um, I will say Reality Steve certainly I, I is not always correct, but does try to be careful. I know that he does do some amount of vetting. So I, I would personally urge people to take this with a grain of salt, but I also under, you know, it doesn't see, it doesn't look good and it doesn't yeah. seem very good. Um, Jordan has, <laughs> it seems, it seems bad. bad. Jordan has come out and said, basically alluded to the fact that he believes that these were texts from Jenna, but also that they are still talking. Jenna has put out only one short statement where she said that she has denied these texts. Yeah. Um, I mean, she said that, you know, the allegations are are not true. We haven't really heard more than that from her. The whole thing is just really sad, honestly. Yeah. I mean, um, it's I also, very implausible yeah. to me that someone would fake this. It would require a lot of effort. It's not impossible, but it doesn't feel pl- particularly plausible. Yeah. Um, that being said, it could have happened, yeah. um, but it would require quite a lot of effort. I also will say um, I, I wanted to dig into this a little bit because we saw a lot of people responding to this line that <laughs> seems to exist uh, on the image of the texts um, and people responding to Reality Steve's initial tweet saying this is clearly photoshopped. I did have our photo team look into uh, whether these were photoshopped. And at first we thought they probably that they definitely could have been. Um, but we tried to recreate, like tried to experiment and recreate the error essentially. And it seems that that like line could have pretty easily been caused just by um, you know, degrading the size of the image and then re-uploading it. So, yeah, yeah. we're not Photoshop <laughs> experts, but like, and our our photo team, I I trust. They seem to think that that's more likely what happened. Um, but, but they also said, of course, you can't rule out. It we can't rule anything out. Poorly photoshopped. <laughs> but I have to say, watching this, it just made me think that. Jenna is an amazing actress. She would have to be. She, I mean, the whole thing uh, is just also. It's it's just a crappy thing. It's a crappy thing, and we know that. Look, it's reality TV. People make calculations. People use the platforms they build on these shows for, you know, other opportunities. That's. That just comes with the territory. There's something very intense and dark about seeing it all laid out this way if these texts were, in fact, sent by her. Um, And that felt and and either way, it just was very odd to have this news come out and then watch these really lovey-dovey segments. Like, it just felt odd to not have it addressed. I mean, of course, it wouldn't be addressed. I mean, but. it did. And it made me think back to earlier in the season when it seemed like she was pretty happy to, like, play guys off each other. And then be like, oh, well, I can't really commit because I'm too afraid. And, like, it just sort of seems like she couldn't think of a relatable way to get rid of Jordan. And so she was like, being in this couple is my best bet of getting out of paradise with, like, a good edit. I don't know. 
I don't know, man. It was hard. It's to, really it hard dark. To, it's hard, hard to watch because to they watch. got like the most romantic, like. And had we had scene. this news not come up, I think I would have really enjoyed seeing their their little romance because they're both such delightful weirdos. Yeah, and Jordan is really humanized by his love for. Uh, Jenna, unless like there's like a galaxy brain universe in which he engineered this whole thing, which I don't believe. <laughs> um, I, now I'm doubting everything. I feel like he was really falling in love. And uh, especially if he wasn't sure he wanted to get engaged and he did it because she expressed that she wanted to and it was a lie. That would be really brutal. Like we definitely see people like fake stuff for the cameras and stuff, but the, the I think the real cherry on top of it is if you calculate that you're going to smear someone right? Um, and they're not in on it, it's it's just uneth- – it's, it's unethical. It's wrong. It hurts people and um, it plays into like the, the most distressing stereotypes about like women being untrustworthy and lying and scheming. It's just kind of bad all around. Yeah, so that it was a rough day. Um and but we do finish with Chris and Crystal's proposal. Um right. yeah. Jordan and Jenna got get engaged. Yes, yeah, sorry. Jordan and Jenna get engaged. <laughs> I don't want to linger over the romantic details. But they they do. They they get engaged and uh Jenna says, "I got exactly what I wanted." Yep. Which just feels so much more sinister in context. Yeah. And uh, Chris and Crystal um, meet on the Rose Palapa platform. And uh, Crystal doesn't make a speech this time. Most of them started with the women. And Chris just gets right in there. He's so psyched to do this amazing joke where he pretends he's going to dump her, and then instead he proposes. Like, Chris, I was really starting to be on board with you, and then you do this thing where you I make— I wanted to smack him. You make this woman that you're in love with think she's about to get dumped on national television. So crappy. I mean, I was like, is there just a part of you that enjoys that moment where her her gaze falls and she looks crushed? Like, is there he's just like, a part of you that's be like, so funny. Oh, like, why? why would you want to make her feel that way? Um, it was just awful. Yeah, so he goes, it would just be unfair if I left here today holding your hand because I want to leave here holding your heart. Yeah, you can do both. <laughs> you have two hands, Chris. Um, he's like, I want to give you my heart for today, tomorrow, and forever. And he uh, proposes and she says yes. It looked like she got the um, same pear-shaped Neil Lane ring that uh, Carly uh-huh. and Evan have. It's nice. Yeah, it was really pretty. Uh, and then they seem to be FaceTiming afterwards with his mom. Who, I loved this moment. It's amazing because, like, he's been having this whole relationship with Crystal, and she catches sight of her on FaceTime and is like, is that Crystal? <laughs> like, she found out he was engaged before she found out who he might possibly get engaged to. So great. So great. <gasps> amazing. Uh, so then we head right into After Paradise. And this after show... I mean, I don't want to suggest extra hours of television, television, Never. but it felt like maybe this after show could have been two hours because there were so many people that we didn't even hear from. I mean, Wills, Kenny, didn't, Shushana, like, didn't say a word. 
Yeah. Um, um, oh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Nothing. Chelsea was like, again, implicated in drama and then was not asked to say anything about it. Just like when she and Leo made out on the show. Right. Leo, <laughs> we didn't really address anything with. I mean, it was just it was very it was yeah. very weird. Leo was there and like got booed. But we never ha- saw him being confronted right. by anyone. So the why cast. why would you give but, someone a platform right. if they're if you think that they're abusive? If they have all these allegations out there, like you you'll give him a platform, but you won't even call him on the behavior. I, I mean, know. they didn't give Lincoln a platform. Right. I understand that he was convicted. Not the same thing. I'm not saying that Leo has been convicted of anything. But he also acted but, really like a abusively toward people on the show right. and now the they have to least, sit next to him. I it don't should know. have been discussed. Yeah, if you're going to bring him there, you have to call out his behavior. Those are the rules. I don't make them up. That's just how <laughs> they are. Um, but we basically just, you know, very quickly go through uh, all of the couples. I just want to note that apparently John kissed at least six women <laughs> on the show. He did. And then we find out, we get a little update on him and Olivia Apparently, they, like, broke up a few weeks ago, which, like, in the world of the the after show was taped. Just, uh, like, actually a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, so, like. So they maybe uh, broke up a month ago f- right. from now. Um, so they didn't date long after the show, really. Yeah, yeah, a month, a month, um, six weeks. So, like, fine. They, they're long distance. They're FaceTiming. She doesn't think he really made an effort. Um, he's like, well, I've never been in a long distance relationship. She says, oh, well, you were FaceTiming Chelsea, and that was time you could have been FaceTiming me. And poor Chelsea is just sitting there. there quietly. (laughs) I mean, and then they didn't explore that at all any further, so whatever. I do think that John has gotten, like, a favorable edit in the sense that whenever there's drama around how many women he's pursuing, they just move on. And it's presented as a sort of, like, oh, oops, I just, like, fell into six women and kissed them. And it's, like, because his whole vibe is not a player vibe, so they don't really know how to spin it, except as, like— just accidentally, like, stumbled into being a player. <laughs> I would have liked to hear more about this and more about their relationship and their, I mean. I mean, movie, I do have to I say, guess. you can FaceTime whoever you want. Like, I don't think that if someone wants to FaceTime someone other than you. Who they're also he, allowed to be friends with Right, exactly. <laughs> I think they're probably yeah. friends. And, like, if you're, like, you should be FaceTiming with me instead of your friend. Um, well, he wants to FaceTime his friend and not you. So that's probably your answer. Um Meanwhile, uh, we get a little update with Eric and Angela. He's still insisting that it was just a friendship. The cheese didn't come to him. And she is still He's definitely talking about very frustrated. This. Yeah. She's like, you know it wasn't just a friendship. We all know it wasn't just a friendship because we saw them talk about how it wasn't just a friendship. We saw them make out in a hot tub and talk about how they were like all in with each other. I think what Eric is like failing to articulate, what he seems to be trying to articulate is that there was just something there that he felt that she wasn't actually into him. And that you can feel that way. That can be an intuition, you know, something that you can intuit. At the same time, if you feel that way, you need to like tell the person despite what you're saying, I don't feel that you're actually that into me. I don't think that's what it is. I think that, that seems to be what he's expressing, though. I think that what he's trying to say is that she was holding something back from him and that so that it's really her fault. And what actually happened is he met someone else he thought was hotter or like newer, at least. 
And so and everything that he had said before was had no, no weight behind it. And he, what what bothers me about this conversation is that he's not owning it. He's still trying to play it as Angela right. did something wrong. Like if if he heard something or like said something that made him think she wasn't actually into him, this was his chance to say that. And he didn't. Instead, she's like, well, why didn't you just tell me that you felt like my walls were up? And he says, coulda, shoulda, woulda, I didn't. And, and then so, he like, we have gets, to move on. Finally gets to the place where he's like, you know, I'm sorry. That was the wrong decision to, like, not come to you first. And then she clearly – she's clearly in a good place. So she's like, great. Yeah. yeah. Accept your apology. Update on Angela. She's dating Clay. Clay, Clay Harbour. We're so happy for I them. I love this. This is such an excellent pairing. They are both just seem, like, kind of cuddly sweethearts. Yeah. Um. He's and, a football player. And She's a football girl. Apparently, Chris Randone is the one that set it up. Aww. So, matchmaker Chris out there. Maybe Chris really has reformed. <laughs> um, because of Crystal. I know. I'm so happy uh, for But them. we wish, you know, Angela and Eric and Clay all the best, and I'm glad to move on from this. Yes. Uh, we get a little replay of the Benoit Jordan drama. The only people who aren't in couples that get to speak are people that had drama with Jordan, yeah, David and Benoit. Pretty much. But apparently David and Jordan made up on Paradise. Like after the dog throwing incident, they they kind of shook hands or whatever. Which is probably why David disappeared from the show. Right. I, like they, they had like a handshake and I was like, whatever. But I guess they really decided that that was the bearing of the hatchet and they no longer want to talk shit about each other. So good for them. Um I do find it – I found it really unpleasant how Jordan was acting toward Benoit. Like, Again, this is my least favorite part of Jordan's personality. Yeah. I thought it was really gross. Look, dude, you're engaged to this woman. Why are you coming at Benoit? Yeah. Benoit is nothing. Like, Benoit isn't part of this. And finally, Benoit is like, I guess we just have different values. I don't call women snacks or meals. And Which is Jordan, a fair criticism. Jordan is like, you don't even have a woman. Let's bring Claire out here. And Benoit is like, don't talk about Claire. She's an amazing woman. Uh, Benoit. I mean, it's also just it is so rude and disrespectful to Extremely. bring up to bring up uh, a relationship like that that didn't work out. Yeah. And clearly and Claire and Benoit do seem have always seemed to have like a pretty deep mutual respect for each other. So it's yeah. just it's a really low blow. It's gross. And it gave Benoit an opportunity to look like honestly, I didn't think Benoit came off well on Paradise. No, at all. but in the after show, he looked great. Exactly. Jordan gave him an opening there to look like a stand up guy. All he had to say was like, look, dude, I was so into Jenna. We had this amazing connection. I felt threatened by you in the moment. Like, like, you came out on top. You don't need to lord that yeah. over the other person. It's just weird because he can be so sensitive and communicative with Jenna and then lacks any communication skills when it comes to other men, it seems like. Um, so Tia and Colton are like, now we're friends and yay, we're so happy. They both seem very ready to not be the topic of conversation. Yep. Um, and then it's time for the hot seats. Astrid comes up first and is really looking for closure about the breakup. She's been talking to Kevin on the phone, but she's not ready to, like, get back together with him because she can't really trust that he won't just randomly dump her again. Um, but clearly they've been moving towards being back together. Um, and apparently Kevin also reached out to Bibby for advice. Yeah. Uh, Bibby and Astrid's friendship is... Beautiful. An excellent one. So Kevin comes out and uh, 
and tries to explain what happened and says he just didn't realize how much scarring he had around the phrase fantasy suite. Same, honestly. He's like, look, I went back into therapy. Yeah. Again. Kevin, thank you. I love this. (laughs) He he went to therapy. He talked to his family. All the stuff that you would normally be doing. While being in a relationship. While being in a relationship instead of afterwards um, as damage control. And so... He says, I brought all this baggage into paradise, like from the fantasy suite with Ashley and uh, from other things, and you got blamed for it. And um, he says that you have someone's trust until you lose it, and I lost it, but he is still in love with her. And Chris asks Astrid if she's in love with him, and she says, I am. And uh, they kiss. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, it's so romantic. I, I I'm love saying, it. I Kevin love it. and Astrid and Kendall and Joe have such classic rom-com arcs in this week. It just it's what it's what I need to watch. Like I need and this is what feeds I need my soul. the big misunderstanding. I need them to come back together and like make the grand gesture. Like, this is I the narrative it. I crave from shows. Like yes, this. this is the narrative that I crave. It is very very my brand. Um. I know that you can't, like, expect that from real relationships, but it's – I still love watching it. Um, and so, it does seem like these couples that were allowed to have a little bit of space and consider whether they wanted this relationship in the real world and then came back together, it's almost a stronger dynamic. Like, it almost makes you understand a little bit more why there are two bachelors who, like, change their minds on who they want to be with in the real world. Yeah. And then are still together. Like it I don't yeah. know. Sometimes that space perhaps is is necessary. Yeah. I I think it can be healthy and it's interesting to see that two couples that broke up on the show are now back together. I also think that and, this show puts and the the engagements are falling apart. Right. And the show also puts an immense amount of pressure on on people that get engaged or go in the fantasy suite, leave together. Yeah. Um, it's almost easier to to not be forced into that public space and then be able to kind of make that choice on your own terms. Yeah. But it is hard because, you know, these were fan favorite couples and I think Kevin and especially Kendall have gotten blowback and then you have to deal with that. I also – Really felt. I mean, being for... in a public relationship just sounds oh, terrible. Awful. Um, so Kendall sits in the hot seat and cries while their breakup plays again. Oof. Um, she tells Chris that watching it, she sees someone who is extremely terrified. She uh, let her fear take over. Um, and he asked when she first realized that she made a huge mistake, and she said, right after he walked away. Um, she said as soon as her plane landed in L.A., she wanted to go to Chicago. Um, and it seems that a few weeks later, yeah, she she did, in fact, go to Chicago and they taped it. Yeah. Uh, they're taped uh, having a sit down. It's for a show that like is so artful at editing. It was such an abrupt thing where it's like and then we have some footage and it's just really? Joe and Couldn't... Kendall sitting in this like echoey like window white room. White room. Bad. They're Why? like windows behind them, that, and he's just going. So what's up? <laughs> like, Couldn't you have about? like followed her on the plane or like walking down the street? Wait, done there was some setup. There was here. no scene setup. No, there was no Where like, were stock <laughs> image of like even like there, a hotel or something. No, there was stock image of the Chicago skyline. Uh, 
that really gets you in there. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, I feel like I had to talk to you face to face. Um, it's been really hard. I've been thinking about you all, all every day. I've been crying. And I realized that I was projecting by saying that you were holding back when really it was me. And I was afraid because I'm in love with you. And I have to say, Joe's reactions during all of this were hilarious to me. He was just like sitting there looking kind of like bored and like looking around the room. It's just his facial expression. (laughs) And he's like, well, that's what I always wanted to hear. Um, There's part of me that loves you, but I shut a lot of that out. Can I get there again? I don't know. Uh, And she's like, okay, she's like, sure. Yeah, they leave things in that vague space. And then he's brought out to the hot seat. All Um, black. Yeah. In all black. He acknowledges his fans with a little wave and a grin. Um, I really felt for Kendall during this because everyone is so obsessed with Joe. It's like, poor Joe has been done wrong. And like, I just feel like from now on, he's going to have all the power in this relationship. Yeah. I was thinking that. Like, what an abrupt change of power dynamic. Also consider that when she met him, there was none... I mean, maybe the intense fandom around him had just started. People were upset that he was sent home. Usually that kind of thing fades. Instead, yeah. his star just rose. Rose and rose. So, and, and she's this kind of Bachelor Nation fan favorite. Yeah. So she really was in the power position in Paradise. And now she had to come back and ask him to take her back. He held the decision card. I mean— yeah intense power flip yeah and the fact that bachelor nation is so behind him and has her like on probation now i feel like is going to color their relationship like i feel like that can't help but color absolutely and especially because he's such a fan favorite that they're literally putting him on another abc show that is a very lucrative gig so chris asks where things stand now um he says, well, after Chicago, I felt like she knew she made a mistake, but I was I, I had started to distance myself to protect myself. And I didn't know if I could really get back there. And Chris says, this was an amazing back and forth. Chris says, well, what's happening with you now? And Joe's like, well, we went to dinner and then I went to L.A. a couple times. It's good. She makes me laugh. Chris is like, what's good? And Joe's like, like, I'm, I'm getting up there. To it. Like, <laughs> let me like build up to it a little it bit. Was, he is very charming. So charming. And he's like, well, I love her. And they kiss. And she gets lipstick all over his face. Really cute. Really, really cute. And then he starts to describe how he likes waking up next to her. And Aww. they're like, uh. And he's like, yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> oh, Joe. I mean, I just, no, we I know. get it. We know it happens. Joe's great. Um, and he talks about how much he likes that she's a know-it-all and, like, making her mad. And, and then he's like, she's my girlfriend. Yeah. It's very <laughs> cute. And Chris basically offers him the Dancing with the Stars thing because it wasn't announced at that time when they filmed this. Um, He's like, I can get you guys into the same city. Kendall lives in L.A. I got you a spot on Dancing with the Stars. And they're like, cool. Um, He just keeps saying how little he knows how to dance, which will make it very. That is kind uh, of the point of Dancing with the Stars. There's always a range, right? Yeah. You have the, you know, former Olympic figure skaters and right. gymnasts. And They're then supposed you have to Joe. be amateurs. And it's like, I professionally dance, but on the ice. And it's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have to know how to dance to do that. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, all right. Annalise hits the hot seat. This? She... Wow. So at this point, we're getting into the couples who left the show together. And she 
is glowing. She's watching their she relationship play out. She's smiling. She's like, long distance hasn't been easy, but I think engagement is is coming down the road, and we're looking forward to she our future. She says long down the road. It, right. it's, it's interesting to see her outside of paradise because you can tell that she's someone that very easily gets swept up in things but also is not totally unself-aware. So the way she's talking about it to me didn't strike me as though she was like, oh, it's perfect and we're going to have marriage and babies. She was like, it hasn't been easy. And if we get engaged, we're we're not there. That's what I took away from that. Yeah. Um, But she wants to, you know, struggle through it and keep trying. Chris brings out Camille... Uh, Annalise kisses him. They sit down. And Camille just sort of starts talking, not looking at or addressing Annalise. It's like, I met Annalise in paradise. We know, we know. Camille. Thank you. <laughs> he we has had a speeches spark. that are just so <laughs> He's terrible. He's so scripted this. So we had a spark that kept getting stronger. After paradise, she visited my family and my friends. I took her to my favorite spots. I know that Annalise is ready for a guy who wants to get engaged. <laughs> so and monotone. Annalise deserves the best. And I think I might not be the guy for her. And Annalise is just fucking stunned. She looks she's annoyed. Pissed she's like, how d- fuck? <laughs> Under and you can just see all the women in the audience are getting I yeah. mean and by audience I mean the other contestants are getting indignant. Astrid's yeah. just like under her breath, like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Bibby is just you're you're like, she's about to throw down. Um, I loved it. And Camille is just like, it's just not working out for me. I don't want to string you along. Annalise says, I'm in shock. You literally just booked an Airbnb to stay the week together. They all come out to L.A. to tape this reunion show. And then a lot of them, like, hang out afterwards. And he had booked an Airbnb for the two of them as a couple. Which is a pretty good indication you're not about to get dumped. Um, He's like, I didn't mean to shock you like this. And everyone laughs. Um, He's been coming for a few days. He is dumping her on national television. Like, he could have... Broken up with her over the phone. Yeah. John didn't want, you know, John decided he didn't want to go on the after show still with Olivia. Well, so he wanted he to be a her. man about it. And had this is a, a, the sort of thing where, like, following the letter of the law can sometimes lead you into breaking the spirit of the law. You're like, the rule is. I have to do it I in person. I have to do it in person. Not if it's on national <laughs> television on taking national someone television. by surprise. So uh, Chris is like, Annalise, what do you need right now? And she says to get off the stage. And so she Fair. leaves. And then be, you, we see her backstage sobbing while you can still hear Camille's mic, you know. So she's hearing everything he's saying. And she's in the hallway just sobbing. It was yeah. – I really, really felt for Annalise during yeah. this. Oh, awful. Oh, my God. I mean, she can hear him saying, like, we had fun in paradise, but, like, in the real world, it's different. I, it wasn't clicking over text and phone. It was good in person, but, like – the spark was still gone. So this is when she comes back, right? Yeah. And she says, I tried to break, I tried up, to break with up with you two weeks ago. And you said, I don't want to lose you. And at this point, Tia just goes, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. And then he's like, well, you are the one who wasn't trying. And she's like, I paid for your plane tickets. She will. She's just not having I sent it. Your she's mom like, you're flowers. full of shit. Yeah. Um, so Chris is like, Camille, I'm going to say goodbye to you. Annalise sits down. She basically says, yeah, it was rough, but I thought that he was stepping it up and I saw light at the end of the tunnel and I was going to keep working on it. And now she's been blindsided. So that's kind of. There is such 
an indig like I am just indignant on her behalf that he didn't let her end the relationship and then he broke up with her on reality television. I mean on national television. What motivation could he possibly have is my thing. Like who convinced him that this was gonna be the right decision? Like it doesn't make him look good. Well that's why I'm confused. I'm like, have you every time this has happened, we saw it with of course, with, you know, Ari with Jason and then on a smaller scale with Luke. Right. It does not look good to ambush a woman on national television and break up with her. Right. But the thing even with with Ari and obviously with Jason is that the show had some leverage over them, which is they wanted to date someone else that they met on the show. Right. And they, what do they have over Camille? Right. Did they go to him and be like, maybe Annalise will get to be Bachelorette if you do this on TV and that's the least you can give her? Like, that's literally all I can think of. That some Someone must have made an argument to him. Or maybe they were like, it's better to be hated and get more hate follows on Instagram than to fade from the scene. I don't know what he was thinking, but was he a, leaves the stage being like upset. I'm going to look like a douchebag. Like, why do why I? Why do to I look? always look like a douchebag? This Maybe is the first time like a douchebag. Honestly, this is the first time I've ever paid attention to you, Camille. Like, what's the previous time when you looked like a douchebag? He had no like. I guess the sixty forty thing. Just yes. a reminder: Camille's brand is that he's not going to meet a woman halfway. So this really worked out. They yeah, sit that down was again. his line yeah. uh, to Becca. To Becca. So they sit down backstage to talk it through some more. And she's like, you are so cold. And he's like, well, I couldn't pretend it was perfect. How are we supposed to try if we live 2,000 miles apart? And she says, well, I would move to New York. And he says, well, of course I know you would. That was so hurtful and horrible. I could not believe that he— And it like if you know that she would, then why would you try to use the distance as an excuse? Just be like, it's it's not a strong enough relationship where I would want either of us to to up— Right, you he know, was dancing around this, lives. and then finally says, "You know, basically, I'm not. I'm just not that into you." Yeah, and um, so she's which like, is okay. I'm again, go. is fine, and I appreciated that she even said the problem at one point. The problem I have with this is how you're doing it. You know, clearly she was aware that there were problems in the relationship. If she try, if she tried to end the relationship, yeah. this was something that they were mutually agreeing to work on, um, and. So there is just—he has no excuse. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's real bad. Uh, speaking of real bad, next up in the hot seat is Jordan, who is beaming. Jenna comes out in a bombshell silver dress looking like a pinup. They're very lovey-dovey uh, all over each other. Jordan, interesting thing to include, says sometimes they have misunderstandings over, like, text and FaceTime. But they've always, like, worked through it. And I was like, misunderstandings, Ugh. like, oof, she actually hates you. I. Mm. We learned that <laughs> by the time he's 28, Jordan wants to have a child. Yeah. So we see a lot of, like, happy couple footage. They've clearly learned that this is something they can just do now. And they're like, why not? So we see a visit of them making mimosas, making a, gl- a vision board. Uh, yeah. Joking about kids' names. Yeah, Jenna writes Bo, Jordana, and Tucker, which I'm so sorry that those babies will probably never exist now. Um, They're very cute together, and he's really excited to, like, get married and have a baby on the way by the time he's 28. Which is in, what, a year and a half? Better better get moving. They have set a wedding date. They set a date for June 9th and are planning a wedding, and they ask Chris Harrison— 
to officiate. And they want to do it in Mexico, right? I believe that's what was implied. I do think they have a venue there. They had picked a venue or a location. But Jenna is like, he broke down all my walls. He made me realize I never want to live without him. All this stuff that just looks really, really fake and bad and over-the-top manipulative uh, based on what what has come out. Um, so let's move on to Chris and Crystal. Uh, A real bright spot. Yeah. they. We do see some footage of them uh, meeting her dogs. This is really cute. <laughs> They're very well-trained dogs. They're adorable. They do little high fives. Also, um, I was if that's her house, it's really nice. Yeah. I was admiring like the decor. It was just well designed. <laughs> I was like, this looks like a really light and airy house. Great job, Crystal. Yeah. Um, and she has and adorable dogs. When they come out, Chris just immediately starts crying. Yeah. Um, and it is at this point the first time that we've really seen Chris with some real remove from paradise addressing his whole history of behavior on the show. And he talks about how hard it was to watch back all the terrible things he did. Um, and is like, yeah, I uh, I am so thankful that this woman saw the potential in me and, like, transformed me. And, um, and it's very... Very sweet. At they have a point? great dynamic. Crystal is like glowing. Oh, she's she looks amazing. Yeah, With that dress, the deep, yeah. deep V and type thing. She just thing. looks so happy. She, she looks calls so him happy. her goosey. And at one point, he kisses her shoulder, and it's little, little sort of unplanned moments of affection that always ring really true to me when yeah. you watch these shows. Because of course, understandably, people are prepped. They're preparing before they come out. They know they have to say certain things, address certain things. And so I always love to see those, like, little motions that indicate um, a real intimacy. It really, like, gives you that sense that, like, her pheromones calm him down, which I know that feeling of, like, if I just, like, lean in on the shoulder and I, like, get a little sniff, like a little little closeness, (laughs) I'm going to feel like that the scary outside world is, is less scary and overwhelming and... It's really nice to see that they they have found that with each other. Their parents, their moms now are like besties. <laughs> so cute. Um, the real, adorable. you know, real stars of this after yeah. show were their moms. Yes. Who are BFFs. I sort of got confused for when I was like, were they already best friends? They seem so naturally <laughs> close. They have like similar like style going on. They're just like a matching but set of mothers-in-law. They both just seem thrilled. Yes. And Chris gives them a crystal goose as a marker of his affection. And, and then we cut to bloopers. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the end of the show. I want to note that uh, Jordan has an argument with Connor and Wells over <laughs> one of, I think, the most contentious issues in Bachelor history, which is whether the word is disingenuous or ingenuine. It's disingenuous. Um, it's disingenuous. To be clear. To be clear, it's disingenuous. Jordan insists that it's ingenuine. He's so confident about He's like, this point. I recommend pulling out a library book. And Wells goes, a dictionary? Yes. <laughs> I assume that's what Jordan meant. Well, he's already got a great track record for picking the right word. Um, but just to be clear, uh, if you hear ingenuine on the show, they probably mean disingenuous. It's not a real word. Um 
And that's kind of, that's it. Yuki and Wells close up Paradise. See you guys next year. Um, And yeah, wow. Claire, how are you feeling knowing that we get our Monday and Tuesday nights back now? Just let it sink in. I'm really going to miss all of you guys. What are we going to do with all of that time? Um, Go to therapy. Probably therapy. Work out all of the stress that that consuming this show and all of its adjacent content has brought into my life. Every fall I have big plans. I'm like, I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to (laughs) start cooking dinner more. I'm going to read more literature. Um, Probably I'll just end up like on my couch watching a bunch of Jersey Shore. Yeah. Or whatever Netflix show <laughs> comes out. I mean, we'll find something to occupy I'll, I'll ourselves with. I'll certainly fill that time. Maybe um, I'll like see some friends on Monday yeah. and Tuesday. And There's, I'm obviously going to be closely stalking all of our Paradise friends on Instagram to see how, of course. how their lives play um, out. And, you know, as, as usual in the off season, if things come up, maybe we'll put out a few bonus episodes. But otherwise, we will be back. In January. January. Yeah. Have an amazing fall. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to you all for listening this season. And of course, thanks to our wonderful producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Do you love Here to Make Friends? Just because the season's over doesn't mean you shouldn't subscribe and give us a rating. Make sure you don't miss any bonus episodes that pop up or the season starting back up again in January. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please follow us there. And you can find me and Emma on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in January to watch Colton's journey to find love. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis Live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.